0: Hi, and welcome to Kleinversations, Klein ISD's podcast about all things teaching and learning. I'm Monica Schallenberger, and I'll be the host for each episode, and my guest will be rotating educators from all over our school district. This podcast is for anyone wanting to expand their knowledge about teaching and learning and here are conversations about the journey of educators being joyful, reflective, transparent, and deliberate about applying their learning to transform the world. Kelsey Amaya is our guest today, and she started teaching at Kinley and continues to teach there as a fifth grade teacher. She has served on several committees and sponsors the Coding Club. She has several technology badges. She has a Google Roadmap one, a Schoology one, Level 1 Google Certified Educator. She's a Flipgrid ambassador and an Ed Puzzle coach. She's an avid presenter at Klein ISD conferences and has a passion for personalized learning through Pathways and Schoology. She even wants to be a Schoology ambassador for the 2019-20 school year. She has a passion to disrupt the status quo and challenge her students in all aspects of the learning environment, and I think you're going to hear how she's into all things technology through our conversation today. She really does love sharing with educators and teachers new ideas and tricks to help students succeed, so let's go take a listen now. Hi, Kelsey. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. I'm ready to get this party started. I'm so excited to have an elementary teacher on our episode. Um, Okay, so let's just get started with our usual format. So what is a celebration that you have in the district right now?
1: Okay, so my celebration was actually about a couple of weeks ago um, when we got to present, my partner and I, Natalie Skavinsky, we got to present to all of the district principals um at their monthly meeting, and we got to talk about personalized learning through schoology. And that was a huge honor yeah. to be able to do that and be able to express our our excitement and just be in front of a ton, a ton of people. and it was just it was phenomenal. That's one celebration I would say.
0: And I heard really positive feedback from admin yes. because it gave admin a tangible picture of what just one way you can do it. There's a million ways. And so yeah, there's all there's I sat a million. Your ways. Session. I enjoyed it thoroughly, which is why you're a guest right now. Yes. It
1: that was that was a big honor for Yeah. And for I us. love that
0: you showcased your whole team. And mm-hmm. it was just you and Natalie, but you have two other people on your team, correct? So or we have
1: one? we have there's six of us okay. in total. So there's three math and science and three reading ELA. So we're the math and science department, they're phenomenal. They work together as a team. ELA, we're one person does grammar pathways, one person does writing pathways, one and I do reading pathways. So it's just, it, we, we're definitely a great team. Elementary
0: teams always work oh, so I well know, together. Oh, I know. Well, oiled machines. Yes, we are. Okay, so let's get started. I just want to talk about your overall current approach to teaching and learning and how you got to this place. And this is obviously an invitation to this episode because of what I saw at our admin collab about you and your partners and your team really diving into personalized learning. So what is your overall current approach currently? Okay, well, let me start off by saying (laughs) um, that I never,
1: ever wanted to be a teacher. Like I would sit in my mom's classroom at Brill Elementary. My mom used to teach at Brill for 15 years, Colleen Locker. um, And I would sit in the back of her classroom and say, why do you do this job? There's so many kids. There's so much paperwork. Why do you do all these grades? And I just never thought I would be where I am today. And so fast forward 22 years, and here I am in Klein. Um, My mom's a teacher at Blackshear. Um, My cousin is a teacher at Frank. And it's just, it's so funny how like Klein ISD is like, we consider it like a family business. (laughs) Like, because we're all family here. And it's just, it's, I just, I love what I do. I love my kids. The kids, they're they're my babies. That's what I call them. They're my babies. And um, I look after him like my own because now I have a daughter, yeah. Remington. She's about to turn two on wow. Friday. So um,
0: it's just it it – they're my babies, and I want to see them succeed. So, yeah. Okay. So when you are looking at them as babies – and I know the parental shift. Mm-hmm. And I hated hearing that when I was a single teacher. Like, you'll understand when you have kids. Okay? Yes. I'm like, yeah. I get it now because I love my kids too. Um, and I say kids, I was teaching teenagers, Yep, yep. but different. They wouldn't wouldn't let you call babies, you (laughs) know, they're getting married, you know, the summer. And like, it's funny because I do consider them like my daughter's from school, but I Um, so what, how does parenting becoming a parent change the way you look at the kids in the classroom? Because you don't, you seem like a relationship driven kind of Mm -hmm. person anyways, but it always does bring a different element. Oh, it does. Mm -hmm. Like
1: I used to, I used to just think these kids were just kids that want to learn. And they just, they don't care about life. They don't care about anything. They just come to school because it's a job. And now being a parent, like looking at the curriculum and looking at the way the kids are learning these days, it's just, I'm taking that more into consideration when planning these lessons because these kids are more technology driven than ever before. My daughter knows how to open the iPad, like the iPad to get to wheels on the bus. And these kids are so advanced than where we were back yeah. when we were in when we were in school. Yeah. That I mean, what they can do through technology with their learning is phenomenal. So I look at them like my own, even though I only have them for a year and then they move on to middle school. That's what's hard about fifth grade. Yeah. You only, see them, you only year, see them for a year. But it's just, well, if they have siblings, you can continue to see them. But I, I look at them as my own. I want them to succeed in every aspect of life. So having a kid and seeing her now grow up, it's, it's, I just love seeing my babies grow up. At it's school. like you can picture
0: them yes. in the development before they got to you mm-hmm. because now they are someone's child. Not yep. that they weren't before, but I totally understand that.
1: No. Yeah. Now they're somebody's child because <laughs> now I have a child and I want yeah. them to
0: be treated like I would want my yes, own to be treated. Exactly. Yeah. And in, in, in regards to the technology, techno technology driven mm-hmm. you just said i saw on twitter last night i think that the, the current seniors in high school right now the iphone came out when they were either born or in kindergarten i can't remember the exact yeah so they've never lived a life essentially without, without it i want to say it was the year they were born is when the iphone oh came my out gosh. which that can't be true the iphone's been out that long already I feel like it came out yesterday i don't know but anyways, I just think that's such a crazy statistic. It is. And I was blown away. And then I also felt old because I was like, what? Well, what and all these I'm kids like, do.
1: Well, it's it's sad too, like to see, to see before I was a parent, like seeing kids at like a restaurant or having technology in front of them at, at, at a place to eat. I was like, oh my gosh, why can't you just have a conversation mm-hmm. with them? But now having a kid, yes. it's <laughs> like there's all educational aspects on the computer that it's they amazing. can do. Yeah. I mean,
0: I. I and mean, the commercials on Disney are very persuasive. They're oh, like, yeah. It, right? Yeah. Handwriting and all the different apps that are out there. And just I just think we like, had pagers and flip phones. Yep. Yep. And that was still like later on. I wanted on one of those sidekicks. Yes. I thought those were so awesome.
1: I cool. thought those or, like, were when so the awesome. Came out. I know. Oh, them. yeah. Mm-hmm. The flip razor and then the like small a, little razor. I know. I know.
0: Okay. So when you are like looking at a personalized learning format in your classroom and just a different culture change and a mind shift for yourself. And obviously you're experiencing with your coworkers. So that helps too, because you guys are all on board. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately not everybody has that, but that's okay. Yes. What benefits have you seen in your classroom from teaching in this way?
1: Well, as an entire fifth grade, we've seen so many benefits. The first benefit is that the kids are not bored. The kids want to go into stations. The kids want to get onto Schoology because that's what we use for our personalized pathways is Schoology. Um, they're at the level that, Their pre assessment has shown us that they can be at. So, each for math and for reading, uh, math uses pre assessments on Schoology um, to get their levels for their kids. And then reading uses Schoology um, pathway or pre assessments from units of study from Heinemann website. We use it um, with the pre assessments that are given on the website. So, we base, they take the pre assessments and then we base that the levels on what the kids get on that pre-assessment. And we've seen them not being bored. They want to get on the computer. Um, needs are met for every student. It's it's every student has a path on their level and they're not struggling and they're not... Um, being too bored or being not challenged enough that they need to be at. And then the third one is allow, it allows for different um, learning styles. So there's kinesthetic learners where they get up in front of the class and they teach the class a lesson or they create a play for our drama unit. Um, There's audio, there's videos, there's visuals that they do with anchor charts.
0: I mean, it just meets every student's needs and wants. It just creates the opportunity for creativity. Yep. Like, and as someone who loves those kind of opportunities just for myself and Mm -hmm. I, and what I see the benefits happen for anyone from kids to adults, Mm -hmm. it's so neat that it's connected to education now. Like I love, I'm like, there's so many, there's so many websites on there
1: that a lot of teachers don't know or they don't have the time. That's the biggest thing Mm -hmm. is time. They don't have the time to look into all these websites or get these websites into our um, curriculum these days. So it's just, it, it there's just
0: so many things it's, that allow these. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. It could be overwhelming looking from the inside out
0: or trying to bring those to your classroom. And we had a digital learning specialist, I think on episode three, Kim Sharp from club. And I loved her advice of, yes, there is a million things out mm-hmm. there you can do, but if you kind of scaffold it for yourself yep. and start small, yep. instead of thinking like looking at a wall and there's all these paint slots paint mm-hmm. and thinking, there's so much paint on here. Yeah. looking and like the very specific corner to like the one pink mm-hmm. spot. That's like mm-hmm. a terrible analogy, but I just feel like that was a visual that I think of when I think of all the things that are out there, because as a teacher, I ended my career, my teaching career four years ago, which is crazy to say, because it feels like yesterday. Yeah. But we were one-to-one at Klein High. And I remember when we went one-to-one, I felt like the possibilities were endless. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wish my whole career had this amount of technology. And I was so yeah. grateful to come to the district because I'd been at a few districts before mm-hmm. this that was so technology rich and we still have come even further in the, in the last four years. So I love then also
1: all those options. Also when, when teachers think, Oh, computers, computers, they're thinking that teachers are just using the computers just to do something else with the classroom and not teach. No, that the computers are another tool to teach your lesson, but they're not the overall end all be all um, Mm -hmm. for curriculum. So you still need that face to face because kids, yeah. You still need the engagement with yourself in front of the classroom and the kids not on computers or technology, but sometimes you just need to let them free and they need to have choice and they need to be able to do what they need to do. And computers allow for that creativity. And that's what kids love to be on is computers. And you get a way better product when they're allowed to do something they love.
0: And I'm glad you made that point because Mm -hmm. as a former campus administrator slash appraiser, I would go in classrooms sometimes, not all the time. And that's Mm -hmm. natural. You you put a student on a student paced mm-hmm. lesson and then you get some stuff done at your desk. And obviously at the high school classroom is different than elementary. Mm-hmm. You think that could be straight chaos if yeah. there's a bunch mm-hmm. of bad girls yes. on your own. Yes. But um, I think that's important because it'll catch up to you if that's mm-hmm. the way you're te- if you're using it as a substitution for your teaching mm-hmm. so that you can do other things yeah. besides engage with your kids. A it might be time to move on, but B, those yes. results will show up eventually. Yes. And I love that you're saying you use it as a tool mm-hmm. to help you teach, not to teach. Yes. So there's yep. a difference. Exactly. I love that. So what kind of front-loading did you have to do to change your classroom into this kind of setting? Because how long have you been teaching? This is my fourth year. Okay. Yes. So have you always – so then you've, you're you still fresh.
1: Yes. So I'm still fresh. So for my very first two years, I was able to um, – do like flexible seating and get all of the flexible seating things done through, um, donors choose. So I was able to get most of my flexible seating through donors choose and also dumpster diving. Of course, um, I dumpster go for my tires, which are a big hit in my classroom. Um, but I didn't really move on to computer, um, things until maybe my second year of teaching. And, um, it was just, there wasn't really a lot of front loading because we did use Google classroom. So a lot of the Google activities that we've done have already been in Google Drive. So with Schoology, we were able to just just link, mo- them. Just link them straight yeah. to it. That's another great thing about Schoology is that you're able to just link. Oh, yeah, I know. And Google Drive is phenomenal. Um, you're just able to link everything from your Google Drive to Schoology as an assignment, and it just pops up there for the kids. But um, And for math, like the math teachers up there, they do – um, stations already. They do math camp. Our fifth graders at Kinley. So um, with math camp, there's a computer station for the C. The C is computer. So they would just be able to put the pathways into Schoology, and that's all that the kids would be on was that. And when they finish their pathway, they would be on first in math for extension. They would create something on Powtoons. They do a storyboard that. Flipgrid grid to create a lesson for kids that are struggling. Um, for reading, it was a little bit harder because this year was our first year at Kinley for fifth grade to do units of study. Okay. And so at the beginning of the year, I was thinking, how am I going to get technology involved in units of study? Because there really isn't any in the Lucy Calkins book with technology. So when we were talking and looking at the teaks that match the units, Um, we decided to base the unit off of like three teaks that you can pull out for a grade. And that's what the three pathways were. So there, so like, for instance, we did character studies and there was a character analysis part. There was a plot and story element part, and then there was a theme. So those were our three paths for that unit. So in each of those paths would be three different trails that the kids would be on. So that's kind of how we had to do it. The um, only struggle, I would say, would be differentiating between the paths Mm -hmm. and the trails that the kids were on to make it at their level. But other than that, we had everything already in Google Drive from Google
0: Classroom that we were able to move over. So I think one concern, and I've said this before, we talked about personal learning paths um, Mm -hmm. with um, Zimmerman, but... What, how, how do you plan with your teams? Like when you guys sit down to discuss personal learning paths for mm-hmm. your kids and what you're going to do within those units and the trails that you're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, I know at the admin club, I think you said everybody has their own strengths and what they mm-hmm. offer. Did you guys sit down and say, okay, y'all let's do a strengths assessment or was it through conversation? Cause I think some teams don't have the functionality that your team does. Mm-hmm. It seems like y'all team really is cohesive with personality and beliefs Mm -hmm. and teaching. Yes. And that is very unique and incredible. But I'm thinking about the listener who maybe isn't on a team where Mm -hmm. everybody's on board. What suggestions would you have for them to start the planning of creating maybe just let's start with one Mm -hmm. personal learning path and one trail. What would you say is the plan to start that? Okay. So first pre-assessment, we would give a pre-assessment first,
1: maybe um, maybe on a Monday, let's say. Uh, of a week, so Monday you'd give your pre-assessment, and then Tuesday you'd look over your own classes' pre-assessment and rate them at either a one, a two, or a three. A one being the low level, two being at grade level, and three being above. above. Okay. And then Wednesday is our PLC for fifth grade, and Wednesday you would you would get with your team. So ELA would get with our team, and math would get with their team, and you would plan for the next week's pathway. Based off of that that pre-assessment, yeah. So we already, as a team, our team, math and reading, we already come to PLCs prepared to discuss our assessments. And I don't think a lot of teams do that, and that might be a struggle for teams because they don't have that information beforehand when they get to PLC. They use that PLC time to 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 do that. So they don't get that planning opportunity. So we are able to take our pre-assessments and use that PLC time to put them into trails, and then they're ready for the next week. Okay, so do you do that every single week in your PLCs? So it depends on how long we are going to do that trail for. So if we do that trail for maybe two or three weeks, depending on the units or the math, math does it every week because math's curriculum is... Every week they're learning something new or yeah, about every week. Best. But reading, it's more of maybe every two or three weeks we learn something
0: new. So that's when we get to do um, our data slam. That's what we call it here. Yeah, I love the organization of it and the data usage to drive mm-hmm. instruction. Yes. Yes. Okay. So what kind of advice do you have to our listeners who want to make their learning experiences more personal to their students? Don't just jump in. I would say I'm a
1: jumper. Like my team, my teammates will tell you, my Mm -hmm. principals will tell you I am a jumper. I do not put my feet in. I just jump with, with full force to, to just try and try again. But I would, I would say that, um, to just, to just know that you can do it, just know that it's going to be hard to give up that control. And to give, I know a lot of teachers don't like to give up that control yeah. and um, give up that choice for students. But choice and control are the two things that drive my my classroom. I mean, they have choice to do what they want on the computer. They have choice to do extension activities. Um, there's. There's control in the aspect of they know what they're doing in stations. They know my expectations. They know that um, this needs to be done in a certain week because there's due dates on Schoology. So that control is right there, but I don't need to be yelling or micromanaging at these kids to get to work because they are working on what they need to accomplish. So I would say, don't jump in, use your team if you have a supportive team, um, use all aspects of um, what your
0: team can bring you And you will be able to succeed with personalized learning. Yeah. And I've really enjoyed lately just some different research and books about Mm -hmm. parenting. And I think so many things to do with parenting can really be transitioned to the classroom. Yes. And I read this book called No Bad Kids by Janet Lansbury. And I love that she basically says when you're communicating Mm -hmm. with, and this is mostly toddler driven communication, that you treat them like you would adults. Obviously, you can't do that to every extent, but she talks about how a lot of people use like third person with yeah. toddlers, and you don't really. I wouldn't say like Kelsey Monica is here to record your. I know, like slow, yeah, like yeah. Um, but what I my point to go full circle here <laughs> when I see you talking about giving up choice and control mm-hmm. in a classroom, the connection is that teachers it, per, teaching is so personal to them, mm-hmm. and I remember it was personal to me. But what do we all want in life? Choice and control. I know. like the I know. weird. And for me specifically, I just like options. Mm-hmm. Like if I go on a trip somewhere, yep. I want options for outfits. If I go to professional learning, yes. session, I don't want to sit and have one way mm-hmm. to learn. Obviously there's a time and place for that. Yeah. There's a time and place for that in the classroom with students, but it's just at the core of who we all are. We mm-hmm. want some choice. We want some control. I agree. And so I love that you pointed out that those are the two big parts mm-hmm. of it and it's hard to let it go as the adult and you don't have to let it all go. You're still, you're still in there. You're managing, yeah. you're engaging, you're collaborating you're connecting, but you're not micromanaging. And then also, like, teachers, all they think of is, I need to get a grade.
1: I need to get a grade. I need to get a grade. How am I going to get a grade on this? How am I going gra- to get a grade on this when they're doing it by themselves? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And everything doesn't need to be a grade. Mm-hmm. Everything which doesn't need to be, which I know. People, I know. You know. And at Kinley, we do um, um, standards-based grading. So we grade by the standard. And it's it's so it's such a mind shift to not have to take every sheet of paper that you give the kid or every activity on a computer as a grade for some teachers. Um, But it's just, it's a whole nother way of learning. It's giving the kids control. It's giving them choice. Like I like choice, just like you said, with, with uh, professional learning, I like faculty meetings where you give a choice of four activities that you can go to for 20 minutes
0: instead of sitting for an hour. Yes, Um, I, I know a lot of people like that. So I will say, like, thinking about it from a high school educator standpoint, if we mm-hmm. have listeners who teach at the high school level, they might think, okay, well, elementary, you guys have a more compliance-based culture just mm-hmm. because kids usually listen to adults. Mm-hmm. Because that's the natural. They're so young yeah. still. Teenagers mm-hmm. love them, but they become individuals. They start having their, you know, they start really gaining their independence mm-hmm. through those teenage years. So when you're talking about giving them that choice, and letting it go, Mm -hmm. um, letting the grading go. Mm -hmm. How, how do you suggest teachers keep kids accountable to do the work without the grade? And have you seen that issue in fifth grade? Yes, I have. have, Like like, this isn't a grade and the kids like, why do I have to do it? Yeah. Why do I have to do it? Well, I, I really rarely
1: tell them that it's not a grade. Okay. Okay. I put it on Schoology. Yeah, I put it on Schoology and they can either if they see it at home, because a lot of a lot of my students do the work at home. That's not considered a grade because I don't I unpublish what I want as a grade because I don't want them doing that at home. Mm -hmm. But like different activities and things like that, if it's on Schoology, some of them do that the same night that I post it. Like it's just crazy. Yeah, that's funny. But I would say we tried at the beginning of the year, we tried to have like a checklist. For the kids and each time they finished they would put a check by it and i would check off based on what they've checked on their checklist i would make sure that they've completed all of those things on that checklist so maybe in high school level maybe have like a piece of paper that they have to submit to you at the end of the week of what they've gotten completed like for our star review for ela each kid had a folder and those folders were had each of the teaks and what the kids needed to do for that week. And they had to check off based on what they've done. And they had a reflection at the end of the day To tell me what they got accomplished and what they still need to complete. And I looked at those at the end of the week to make sure that they were able to get everything done from that star review for the week. So maybe having something like that, Mm -hmm. that they have to turn in, that they're accountable for, maybe that'll make them more uh,
0: susceptible to doing the work. I think, too, adding the why. Mm -hmm. Like, Look, look, this might not be a great, because I think some teenagers would figure it out and be like, well, they're not going to do it. But listen, you're right. It isn't for a grade, mm-hmm. but this content is the supplemental content to help you understand the concepts yes. and the teaks and the units that we're going over. Mm-hmm. And so it's not for a technical grade, but it's going to help your understanding and mastery yes. of this content. Mm-hmm. I think that's just one way. I mean, there's so many different personalities and classrooms from kids through 12. And you've got the kids who are like, okay, I still don't care. Mm-hmm. And the kid's like, okay, that makes sense. Yep. And then you've got the kids who are just having a bad day. There's so many different components that teachers mm-hmm. come and encounter with every day. I know. That I mean, it just makes it an incredible career because it makes it fun mm-hmm. and exciting, but it does. It's make a you, new day every day. It keeps
1: you on your toes. Oh, yes, you it don't does. know who's going
0: to come in. And
1: well, and then you find these way. kids that are like, they love football. Yeah. So maybe make it around, connect it. connect it to a football team or connect it, connect the learning, make it so it's like not a path. Make it like a yard line, like yard 10 or right. yard 15. Just so it, I mean, just that little thing will make them think that. Or make them know that you have been listening to what they love. Make them know that you're here for them and you want them to succeed. Just that little tiny switch from path
0: to a yard line for a football player yeah. is a and huge again, jump. connection to what we all want. Yep. Who are the people that you connect with the most when you're at work? And I say work because that's where we're at most of the, mm-hmm. of the day, most of our lives. Yep. Fortunately, if you love your job and if you don't, I know. but the people that you connect with are the, are the individuals who act interested, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who ask about the things that are going on in your life. Um, and so it's just, it's not, it's not science to me. It's not rocket science to me. No. That you're like, okay, find the interest of your kids I and know. get to know them as people because that's what we all want. We want to connect with others. We want that community. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not everybody. There's probably extreme introverts that are like, I don't want to do that. Yes. But, yeah. Um, for those of us extroverts or just people connections and period, I think they enhance any experience. And of course the educational system yeah. isn't left out of that.
1: I mean, and you're at this school more than you're at home. Yeah. You're at your job more than you're at home. and you. I mean, it it shows with how you're teaching and what mm-hmm. you're teaching and why you teach, because you love these kids and you want them to succeed and you want them to to want to be here every single day. You don't want them coming in your room being like, oh, what are we doing today? Yeah. No, you want them to be excited for it. And I feel like fifth grade as a whole, our kids are excited to do stations or to do pathways or to get on a computer, do research, do anything that they can do because they know it's tailored to their levels and what they can do to succeed.
0: And of course, personalized learning begins with the relationship. Mm-hmm. And- there's been this big movement towards relationship driven. And this, I think this has always been a relationship driven Mm -hmm. career, but it's so true that you're not going to get kids to buy into the content. If they think that you don't like them or don't Mm -hmm. like kids. And it makes me sad to think about conversations I had with some of my students. When I was a teacher that would say, Oh, so-and-so I think she hates, hates teenagers. I'm like, Oh, and yeah. you have to see her every single day. And if that was my kid, I would have a problem I know. with that. That's just what I was like, gonna say. Like, I
1: want my kid to want to come yes. to school every day. If my kids come in during kindergarten time and saying, "Oh, I just I don't like school anymore," then a kindergarten too that would break. My heart. I know it would break my heart because my kid loves to read already, and she's and just gonna have bad days. And I guess I mean, we are
0: this is we're like human. Ten, I mean, teachers work ten months out of yep. the year. Um, and so I'm, I'm not saying you can't have a bad day No, no. to me specifically because I taught teenagers, if a teenager Mm -hmm. is picking up on a vibe that you don't like teenagers, that's not just saying she had a bad day. She doesn't. or he, he or she, uh-huh. um, I just think that that's really unfortunate because mm-hmm. you can't hide it in this profession. You need to take a reset nice. and then
1: come back in. I was gonna say a recess.
0: I'm like, No, to a, do you reset. To a reset. <laughs> I would love to go take a walk. When <laughs> All right. So let's get to the last part of our podcast. Okay. So what is one favorite thing in education right now for you?
1: Ooh. Schoology. yeah Schoology is I love it. I I'm on it all the time. It's there's an app on your phone for it. Yeah. Um, I just love having everything in one place. All the kids know how to get on it. Mm -hmm. And I think doing it in fifth grade, we were very grateful to have Alyssa and Dana Hernandez um, allow Kinley's fifth grade team to have parents involved in Schoology. So they actually have access at home, just like middle school and high school. So getting those fifth graders on Schoology and knowing that they're going to be using it from sixth grade on it's just, they're already prepared. I love it. And it's a the, board. Oh, it's just wonderful.
0: For anyone who's listening, who's not in our district, Schoology is our learning management system. Yes. There's a million out there. I know I grew up, well, I say grew up in college, we use Blackboard. Mm-hmm. And when I taught one to one, we use Blackboard. But what I love about Schoology is it's so user friendly mm-hmm. um, and it can be applied to anything, mm-hmm. any kind of course group that you want to put together. So I have to agree with that. I yes. And
1: groups are phenomenal on Schoology. Yes. I just want to
0: plug that yeah, a little bit. Love it. Um,
1: groups are wonderful because like if I make something, I can put it into a group and all of the other ELA teachers can just add it to their course and it's already made. And it saves. So if we have something, like all of the stuff we've made this year saves to next year. So we won't have to figure out, oh, what are we going to do for this unit? What are we going to do for mm-hmm. this? Because it's already in our group. Mm-hmm. So it's it's
0: wonderful. And sharing is caring. Sharing so is caring. You, yes. Like, have a collaborative spirit. Yes. I am of, willing to share. Willing yeah. to share. Okay, so one favorite thing in general right now,
1: my family, Yes. family
0: time. My daughter's about to
1: be two. My husband's a firefighter paramedic from Montgomery County. Awesome. Um, my mom teaches at Blackshear third grade. Yeah. Um, and my dad works for HP, and I I have a little dog named Oakley. Yeah. He's gonna be three in May. I just I love hanging out with them and spending time with them. So that's my favorite thing right now. Definitely an anchor. Yes. Oh, it definitely is.
0: Yes. Okay, so what's one favorite book that you have? That was hard. Yes, there's but, so many to choose. And, and I say one favorite, not the the most favorite. Yes, one favorite,
1: Maniac McGee okay. by Jerry Spinelli. Okay. We are actually reading that right now. Um, I do that every year with my kids, Maniac McGee. Um, and it's a book study and the kids are just loving it. I, I recommend it for... All fifth grade grade classes. Yes. Maniac McGee by Jerry Spinelli. All Jerry Spinelli books are phenomenal.
0: Okay. What about, do you, do you have time to read? I know you have a toddler and you're an elementary teacher. There's not a lot of time for that. Yes.
1: Not a lot of time for that. I like newspapers. I like the magazines. Yes. And, um, I, there's not a lot of time right now to read, but I would like to get back into it. I mean, we've, it, that's another thing about units of study. Is that they have novels that you read with your kids, which are phenomenal, like because of Win Dixie, um, love that dog. I mean, it's just there's there's a lot of books that you haven't read because of because of time, time. and and that's just, part of your job when yes. you have time. Yes, so now it's part of our job, and units of study allows that's me good. to do that and Yay.
0: read these books that I haven't been able to read. And so connect with kids. Yes. like that. Yes, yes. All right. Well, I just so enjoyed our conversation. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy, busy, hectic schedule to yes. be here,
1: and thank you for getting podcast. me a Diet Coke. <laughs> I know. No, yeah, of course
0: you're welcome. It's my <laughs> drink of choice. Again. Thank you. Okay. Kelsey hit on some important topics through our conversation today. It's so important to be on a team that is cohesive with the same purpose with everyone sharing the load and creating pathways for students. Students want choice and control and when teachers release a balance of both, the classroom environment is rich with learning and retention. I like that she pointed out that personalizing the classroom helps in other areas besides learning like student engagement and combating boredom. Her energy is infectious and I'm grateful for teachers like her in the classroom and Klein ISD. If you're just getting started, remember to start slow and get comfortable by adding one piece by piece until you can implement a mass change in your classroom. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. And until next time, here's to taking our learning and transforming the world.